Welcome to the Illuminate Faith Podcast. My name is Dave Exley. In today's episode, I have a conversation with Brian Sergio. Brian is one of the founders of the Convergence Music Project, a project designed to provide new music for progressive communities of faith. But before we get to the interview, I just want to highlight an event, an opportunity that's happening here in London, Ontario, later this month. On April 27th to 28th, it is the second annual Revitalized Conference happening at Metropolitan United Church. You'll have the opportunity to hear names like Reverend Dr. Paul Scott Wilson. Uh, You'll also hear Dr. Phyllis Earhart, the Reverend Dr. Anthony Bailey, and many, many others. This is a great opportunity not only to hear some great speakers, but to connect with other colleagues working in the church. You can go to metropolitanchurch.com to register for that event. Hope to see you there. In the meantime, enjoy today's episode. I'm here with Brian Sergio. Brian is a prolific singer and songwriter. He's the author of The Six Marks of Progressive Christian Worship Music. And in 2015, Brian joined forces with author Brian McLaren and Reverend Cameron Trimble of the Center for Progressive Renewal in Atlanta to form a new worship music company called the Convergence Music Project. We're going to learn a little bit about that and about Brian, but thank you so much for for taking some time out of your day today and and talking uh, with us about uh, church music. Brian, welcome. Yeah, thank you so much, David. It's great to be with you and uh, an honor. I'm looking forward to this. Great. So so tell us a little bit more about the Convergence Music Project. Uh, what is it? How did things get started? Uh, who's involved? And, and how is this moving the ball forward with progressive church music? Yeah, well, Convergence Music Project, or CMP as we call it for short, uh, you know, it's been evolving for a lot of years, as has this whole progressive expression of the Christian faith. So that in and of itself, it's not anything new. It goes back uh, from you know many, many decades. But um, there's been just an explosion of congregations that are identifying in a more progressive fashion. Uh, and, and let me just say from the outset, I always wrestle with the term progressive. I don't know that that's the best word to use. It, it communicates quickly the general direction that we're headed. But I do like the term convergence because what's been happening is that there are people asking similar questions with regard to doctrine, the call to social justice, um, and from both what we'll call the post-evangelical world or the emerging church world, and then also the traditional denominational world um, that has tended to be more liberal or more progressive theologically. So there's been, uh, folks have been finding each other um, across camps and theological lines and ecclesiological lines that didn't historically or traditionally mix very much, realizing that we're asking similar questions, um, coming together, uh, letting down our guard, and starting to collaborate and to create and to to redefine in many ways what the essence of the gospel is in a more progressive fashion. Now, we could spend our entire time talking about what that means. But the whole point is that in that process, people have been trying to find music that would help us to sing our faith in a way that is theologically in sync with this emerging expression or redefinition or reformation of the faith in this more progressive direction. So CMP really is kind of a soundtrack um, or a company that, that has, is trying to be a, a central point where people can find new songs for worship that they can trust have been theologically evaluated so that they'll stand for certain things like the six marks of progressive Christian worship music that I wrote about. Um, progressive theology, and we could talk about what that means, but inclusive language, um, a commitment to transforming 
uh, structures and systems and making this world more loving and just rather than escaping from it. Things like that. Well, it really is transformative work that you're doing with so many other individuals. Uh, I can say as someone who's been uh, on the Convergence uh, website and using the resources, having also spent some time uh, with you and others uh, uh, with the event that you hosted down in Nashville uh, last year. Uh, this is incredible work that's that's happening here, important work uh, that is happening. And I like that uh, that you're using this Convergence label uh, along with a number of other things, but particularly for this project, uh, it seems to, to fit really well. I, I am curious, you've been doing music like this, music that fits into that Convergence label for, for quite some time. I'm wondering how the whole project got started with uh, with Cameron Trimble and with Brian McLaren. Uh, how did how did things begin uh, as, uh, as you began to establish this uh, this project with them? Well, you know, I think it I mean, I guess, you know, I wrote this book that, that we've been referring to, and that, that was published in 2012, and that found its way to Brian McLaren. I think that's how he initially found out about it. And Brian had been writing articles, and all, Brian is a songwriter as well as a prolific uh, book writer. Uh, and, and and many people have been real, just articulating the need for new worship songs that had a different theological approach than the praise and worship music industry that people were used to. And so many churches started experimenting with, quote, praise and worship bands or some sort of contemporary musical expression and couldn't find songs coming out of the, the praise and worship industry or the contemporary Christian music industry that fit them theologically. So that was kind of on a lot of people's radar screen. And people like myself and every denomination has two or three people over the last 20 or 30 years that have been recognized as, as being... Uh, songwriters of, of a more contemporary expression who also fit where we were coming from theologically. And so there was just this, this desire to say, what if we tried to help all these people find each other and collaborate and come together and have one central place where this kind of music could be found and created and nurtured and distributed and actually build a new genre of the Christian music industry that would specifically stand for this kind of theology? Well, I know it's been a blessing uh, not only for me, but the people of uh, my congregation in my particular context uh, to have these songs that, that really uh, match up well with, with the faith that we sing on a regular basis, the faith that we lift up in, in our preaching and in various other things uh, here. Uh, so thank you for that. I, I do want to shift gears because there's a question that relates to this that is an age-old uh, question, because in most of our congregations, we have people who love the old hymns and don't want to sing the new hymns. And we've got other people who, who love the new songs and would be happy to see the old ones disappear. Uh, and so I guess, given this reality, how do we bridge the gap between new and old? Uh, do you have any suggestions on, on how we faithfully move forward in a way that, that I guess, honors both sides and, and all those people in between? Yeah, I have a lot of thoughts about that, and, and I appreciate you, you uh, asking the question. Um, this whole conversation, I mean, it, it's near and dear to my heart. As someone who's been trying to bring some new music into congregations, traditional, established, historic churches for a long time. Number one, I think there is a conversation that often just doesn't happen. And instead, we just wind up arguing about what uh, diverse people do or do not like. And, you know, I wrote my, my, my book was really trying to provide a resource for, for this conversation, saying, how can we have a mature, spirit-led, gracious, respectful conversation that goes beyond just arguing about what I like versus what you like. So 
getting beyond just personal preference as the foundation for that conversation and instead asking questions like, what kind of music is going to help our entire congregation as a community worship God and do what we're called to do liturgically uh, most effectively, most faithfully? And even that's a different conversation than what speaks to me personally or what I personally like. So there's a consumeristic mentality that often is, is part of the problem in that conversation. And, and, and so I, I'm calling us to a, a deeper and more mature conversation, first and foremost. But what makes that mature and loving and spirit-centered um, is really wanting to hear each other and wanting to honor what has meaning and substance um, for each of us. And so what I'm trying to say there is this conversation isn't about taking away any form of music or hymnody that is meaningful and that someone else loves and cherishes as part of their church experience and part of their experience of faith. Um, so it's always both and to me. So I would never want to start the conversation by saying the old music is no good and we need to replace it. I would want to say, let's maintain and celebrate and love the best of our traditions and what still speaks. And let's make a space for some new music that is deliberately new and talk about why there's a need for it and then honor the fact that there are people coming into the churches who need a new kind of musical expression in order for them to worship as deeply and effectively as they as they possibly can. So it's the tone of the conversation that I think so often is where we either uh, shoot ourselves in the foot and just wind up arguing <laughs> or we open up some space for the Holy Spirit to take us someplace new where everybody wins and everybody loves each other and actually gets, at least to some degree, um, to hear and sing the music they love best as they also make space for other people in the community to hear and sing what they love best. Well stated. I, I, I really yeah, I think you know when, when it comes down to it, it's, it's about yeah, how do we honor everyone? How do we take risks within that as well? And, and, and on that note, I, I, I thought it was uh, you know, fitting, actually, interestingly enough, that uh, you know, last year, uh, being down in Nashville with you and others uh, for the CMP event uh, that happened there, that uh, the opening song uh, for, for worship, that uh, the first song that you used was How Great Thou Art, pulling out the, the one verse that kind of is you know, atonement heavy, but, uh, but but, you know, it, it sort of is a testimony the fact that, that, you know, there is that balance that we can find if we pull out those, those hymns and, and uh, the best parts of those, those hymns. Yeah, I think it's essential. I mean, the moment we, this whole thing gets presented in such a way that we're critiquing what has been and not honoring the best of what has been, and, and people then people get afraid, we are, we are either putting down what they love or going to take away what they love. And that's just not it at all. It's just simply, is our music helping us to worship God with as much integrity and joy and passion as possible? And if so, let's let's keep on, let's hold on to and, and even make better that which has been doing that. And let's create space for some, some new expressions that will help us do it in some new ways. Beautiful. Uh, in, in your book, you you we continue to come back to that, but I think that it's it's just you know if, if people don't have it, go out and buy that because I think you know a lot of questions about how we find that balance, and you do such a good job at uh, at naming those those things that uh, that most people are thinking about and uh, helping to kind of you know fill in some of those uh, those blanks or ask those deeper questions. But um, I'm mindful of that that 
you know, the thoughts that you have on inclusive language. And, and so I guess the, the question is, you know, there's always that balance of trying to find the right words for worship, you know, moving into a new space while attempting to not, you know, police the language of our faith too, too much. Um, is there any middle ground uh, we can find that, that moves us forward in the faith without offending those members of the congregation who love those, those old hymns, you know, particularly those hymns that portray God in a way that isn't necessarily harmful, but, but also isn't progressive? Um, how do we find that balance in, in inclusive language? I know you have some answers in the book there, but I uh, wonder if you might take some time to reflect on that. Sure. Again, you know, I, I think, um, it really needs to be all about respect, which is a fruit of love. And, and so what we're really trying to do when it comes to inclusive language is be sensitive to the extent to which our language has, has uh, left certain people out or devalued certain genders, etc., and be honest and real and, and not duck away from uh, the cutting edge of some of the justice concerns in that whole area. Um, and at the same time, though, be respectful uh, of the fact that, that people are at different points on this journey. It's not about a matter of being right and wrong as much as it is trying to, to uh, open this up and hear each other and be led in some sort of kind-hearted, spirit-centered way um, into a deeper understanding of how we can communicate more effectively. Um, so if, for example, when we say mankind we know we really mean humankind, then let's have an open-hearted discussion about that and, and, uh, and discuss the reasons why it's hard to change, honor where people are at. And so there needs to be a generous or generosity at the heart of this conversation. So it's not so much middle ground as it is respect for each other and why things are sacred or difficult to let go of and what people are afraid of. Um, and very often, um, so it's not. It's also not about creating some litmus test of this is in, this is out, as as much as naming and embracing the core issues, the the justice issues at the heart of things. If an exclusive term has hurt someone, um, we need to be honest about that and do our best to change our language. At the same time, I don't want to tell somebody else that they can't use a certain word. I don't want to lose the image of father for God. As a father myself, it's a precious image. We just want to say, let's let's also be humble enough to acknowledge it's one metaphor of many and that there are also feminine ones. So very often, again, it's the tone of the conversation, um, being respectful rather than squaring off and arguing, which doesn't mean backing away from controversy. Um, but it's how we have these conversations that gets us forward um, more than anything. Hmm. Well stated. Uh, thank you for, for that. Um, once again, I just want to highlight uh, the blessing of, of uh, being able to sing some of these, uh, these songs from the uh, Convergence Music Project there. We've been blessed uh, singing in our congregational context uh, a song you wrote, Dream God's Dream, which I think is a great example of a song that, that helps to move us forward without losing, without watering down uh, the Christian theology. Uh, we've been singing uh, Brian McLaren's uh, Losing Faith, Finding Faith, which uh, I think just really 
um, as an example of a great song that, that in, encourages us to, to let go of those images of God that are less than helpful in order that we might embrace uh, those images that are more generous, more faithful to uh, our, uh, our faith tradition. Um, those are two songs that certainly have been uh, really uh, great, and folks have received them well uh, in my context uh, here. I'm wondering if there's any, anything new that has emerged, uh, ones that, uh, that you've been excited to put on the website, uh, particular artists or, or songs, uh, whether it's something that, that you've written uh, or something that's been written by, uh, by someone else. Uh, what, uh, is there anything new on the, uh, on the CMP website that, uh, that you'd like to, uh, to highlight? Well, let's see. You know, there, there's a band called The Many, um, um, a man named Gary, Gary Rand and his wife, Lenora, who is the primary lyricist, and their daughter, Hannah, who is uh, the primary music writer, and Gary arranges and does notation and, and uh, some of the writing as well. Um, and then they have a band called The Many. Um, and they're writing some really beautiful songs that, uh, that are now the, the best sellers on our site. Uh, so, for example, a song called All Belong Here, that's a communion song. Um, and so just the combination of the beautiful music, the soulful lyrics um, that do all the things that, that the music that we want to be promoting uh, can do in terms of being inclusive. And, you know, when, when, uh, when the language is good, the images are good, the theology is good, um, nobody gets beat over the head with anyone's agenda. In fact, you, you don't even really notice that those things are intentional. It's just a great song with a beautiful message that, that has language that's reflective of the best of what we're trying to, to be about. So I would say if anybody's listening and they're curious, um, go on our site and index in the, in the search bar. You can write the many um, and their songs will come up and, and you can listen to some of those. Yeah, that was one of the blessings for me of being down in Nashville last year was being introduced to the many, uh, being introduced to Gary Rand and Lenora and, and uh, just getting a chance to, to hear their music. And uh, uh, not only do the words uh, really fit well with the songwriting that, the, that they're doing uh, for, uh, for communities of faith, but, uh, but musically, just some rich, rich stuff there. Uh, so it's, it's a good combination of great songwriting and great lyric writing that just uh, fits with this whole convergence set. Uh, theme. I am curious at just where we are today. Um, certainly as a Canadian, I'm mindful of uh, the current political and, and, and social climate in the United States. And I, I wonder, I wonder if that's changing anything uh, as it relates to, uh, to the work that's happening uh, with, with CMP. Uh, as you think about where we are, um, you know, do you see that, uh, uh, that it's changing the way that, uh, that work is being done with, with CMP? Is there more of a need to, for that? I know that I have my own thoughts uh, on that, but I wonder if you have any thoughts on, on where the project might be going in relation to what's happening uh, politically and socially uh, in the United States. Well, that's a great question, and, and my apologies to my Canadian neighbors for for the state of things in the U.S. these days. It's it, it's uh, it's quite a mess, really. Um, all I can say is that I think when times are difficult and complicated, and there's a lack of transparency and integrity uh, in the political world or among the powers that be, um, people are that much more hungry for something that is full of truth and love and respect and and that is real and all i can say is that that we are trying to uh to be a company that that offers that kind of music that will help us get to the heart of things and say some of the things that we're that people are longing to say both as people of faith and just as human beings 
I mean, like a song that that uh, one of our most prolific songwriters uh, uh, in the CMP world is a guy named Richard Bruxford Culligan. Um, and he and I just recently released a song. It's not even on the site yet, but it will be soon. But it's called We Will. And and in many ways, it's it was in response to the, uh, uh, the, the degree to which women have been uh, put down and disrespected um, and just people on the margins in general have been ex- excluded or exploited. Um, and the, the verses are very simple. It just says, we will not misuse our power. We will not use authority. We, uh, we will not deny you justice. We will not defy your dignity. And then on the flip side in the chorus, on the positive side, it says, but, but we will honor your story. We will speak only truth. We will show you the respect you deserve. Um, we will celebrate your life. We will. Um, and a song like that doesn't even necessarily mention God directly. And yet the respect and, and the uh, solidarity with the victim and the, those who are marginalized or outcast or uh, d- disrespected, devalued is, is part of how we understand the mission of Jesus. And uh, so some, sometimes you don't even have to mention Jesus, although we're not the least bit apologetic about doing that. Mm-hmm. And there are plenty of songs that do. Oh, that's, I, I look forward to hearing that song. I mean, certainly the words and, and uh, you know, the context to, you know, where we are within our culture today. And, and certainly when you think about the gospel message, you know, I'm mindful of, you know, just as we go through, you know, Holy Week and ponder the Palm Sunday imagery and things like that, that so much of the gospel is just about a response to what was happening within the culture and, and how do we sort of uh, reflect a different way of being, a, a, a different world, more of that, that dream that, that God dreams dreams of as you you know write about uh, uh, in some of your work there um, so wow I look forward to, to hearing that uh, on that note uh, wondering you know where is the spirit uh, leading the convergence uh, music project has, has God surprised you with uh, the work that you've been doing has it kind of gone down a, a, a path I would suspect that uh, there have been some uh, some things that have happened uh, that have gone according to, to plan. Uh, what else has been surprising as, uh, as you've moved down this path with CMP? Yeah, well, that's a great question. You know, I mean, and, and I always, you know, vacillate between the, uh, the very specific aspects of, of building this as a business, as a website, as a, as a tech based thing on the web, on a website or, you know, something where people are accessing it online and all the technical glitches that can go with that. Mm. So I could very easily get my, you know, my uh, face right up into the computer screen and not see the big picture. Uh, so there's been lots of energy just building this container and making sure it works. The fun part, though, and the expansive visionary part is that that's all finally happened uh, the site is working, uh, and there's a glitch now and then, as is the case with any tech-based business, but it's all working now. The container's been built, and so now it's back where we started, which is just pouring great songs into this. Um, and so we're, we're, we're at kind of a fun place right now, and, and we're at that p- place where a lot of different denominations and seminaries and church camps and music festivals um, and just lots of different people are finding out about us and finding their way to us. And so, uh, so we're getting lots of new songs, lots of new songwriters, lots of new theologians inter- interested in interfacing. So it's a, it's a real fruitful uh, t- kind of uh, fertile time right now. 
Yeah, and, and I can't uh, vouch for it enough, saying, you know, it's really the best $200 that uh, that a church could spend. Uh, you see, you've even got a small church discount if your you know, congregation smaller than 100 members, $149 U.S. Uh, per year for that. And uh, thank you, Brian, for not only the work that you do, but for taking time uh, out of your day today to, uh, to share with us uh, a good word about Christian uh, music, about church music, and, uh, and where things are heading. So thank you to all of those. Uh, that are involved in this project and uh, and for the blood, sweat, and tears that you pour out into uh, to this to make this work. Well, thanks, David. I really, really appreciate you uh, interviewing me and, and helping to get the word out about this and your, your positive words about it mean, mean the world to me. So thank you very much. Well, that's it for this week's episode of Illuminate Faith. I want to thank Brian for taking time out of his busy schedule to talk with us about uh, music, about uh, the Convergence Music Project, and many, many other things. I hope you'll go online to find out more. You can go to convergencemp.com, where you can become a subscriber to that uh, that project. Uh, you can also listen to previews of music on there by some great artists, including uh, Joe Ramsey, who recorded our theme song. And so look for Joe Ramsey's music on the Convergence Music Project as well. You can also find Brian's book, The Six Marks of Progressive Christian Worship Music, on Amazon and in other locations. And earlier in the interview, Brian mentioned a great song by The Many. And so we close out the podcast with their song, All Belong Here. Enjoy this work from the Convergence Music Project. You're not sure who you really are When all you feel is the shape of your scars 